Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So my topic this week is post-traumatic growth. And I was thinking about that um, today, lately, partially because I have a lot of people in my life that are going through hard stuff. Um, I was just on the phone uh, twice this morning, once with a friend who's going through a really uh, intense breakup and another phone call was with another friend um, who was sitting with someone in our Brightline tribe who wants to take her own life. Like just, he's really done with living this life. And um, I also have other people in my life, not in my immediate inner circle, but um, I know of someone recently who was married for 43 years and he went out to run a quick errand and came home and his house had burned down and his wife um, of 43 years burned in the house fire. He was gone for 41 minutes and he came home and his house was gone and his wife was gone. And uh, in our local community here in Rochester, New York, um, uh, teenagers are dropping like flies from heroin overdoses. There's some kind of really strong heroin going around and um, and kids are overdosing on it. And this happens you know, I've, I've been in, um, recovery from drugs and alcohol for, oh, right around 23 years. And, uh, this happens every now and then that like a rash of, of strong heroin will come through the community and, and people will die. Um, and because I'm close to a lot of recovering addicts, um, I, I hear more about it. And I, I know more of the people, you know, people who relapse and stuff. And so, um, just lots of, um, lots of intense stuff. You know, and, um, and here's the thing about intense stuff. Like, if you're alive, you're not immune, right? Like, it's just, it's just the way it goes. Life shows up, life happens. And post traumatic stress disorder, um, I was talking the other day with a, a guy who, you know, went into the army and, um, you know, was adopted, found his birth parents. Um, and it didn't go well. It didn't go well at first, like lots of, and you know, he just talked about post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, being put on meds to cope with it. And, um, post-traumatic stress disorder has a long history in the psychological literature. It's been evident for millennia that people go through sometimes, um, you know, prolonged, uh, and intense sort of flare-ups from time to time after a traumatic incident or period of time, event, post-traumatic stress disorder. We've all heard about it. We know about soldiers coming back from war. Um, with PTSD, we talk about, um, you know, grief overload when like just too many people die in a really short period of time or too much loss in a really short period of time. And, um, and then, more recently, I mean, in the history of science, very recently, like in the 1990s, this other term was coined, post-traumatic growth, PTG, post-traumatic growth. The idea being that if you look closely after an incident, let's say 9-11 or Hurricane Katrina, if you look closely after an incident, you will find lots of PTSD, but you will also find incidents of post-traumatic growth. 
people who are resilient in the face of trauma and find ways after the trauma to um, rebound and become stronger. And, you know, post-traumatic growth is sort of the, um, the parent, the stronger version of, the like, <laughs> the, the version on steroids of, um, hormesis, which is how when you stress the body in a small way, it adapts by becoming stronger, right? So exercise is the classic example of this. Exercise is actually a stressor. You exercise a bunch, you become exhausted. You exercise your muscles, they get torn and fatigued. You have to rest afterwards and you get a good night's sleep and so forth, but the body adapts after exercise and it becomes stronger. Um, that's hormetic stress. Exercise isn't the only hormetic stressor. There's cold, there's heat, there's oxygen deprivation, there's sunlight, there's phytochemicals. That's actually the primary way that um, that fruits and vegetables are healthy. It's not just the fiber, it's not just the nutrients, it's actually the toxins in those vegetables and fruits that uh, that triggers the body to grow and adapt and become stronger. So hormesis is like the sort of mini version Post-traumatic growth is the major version just because trauma, you know, hormetic stressors are micro stressors. But what happens when there's a major stressor? Like, a, you know, um, two of my best friends in the whole world. There's three people on this planet that I call my best friend. <laughs> my heart is huge. I have three best friends. And two of the three, two of the three, how is this possible? Two of the three have witnessed their husband or fiance committing suicide in front of their eyes. Two of the three. Um, one was a long time ago when we were in our early 20s and the other was just two years ago. Um, so we're talking trauma, right? You witness your spouse, your fiance taking his life in front of your eyes. That's trauma. And, um, you know, violently, one by hanging, one by shot, gunshot to the head. Horrific. And, um, like, what do you do with that, right? What do you do with that? Trauma sometimes leads to PTSD and sometimes it leads to post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth, not to say that there's no, um, wound there or that there's no hardship or struggle or grief or right there is but out of those ashes comes greater resilience comes turning over a new leaf and what researchers have found because post-traumatic growth is a thing it's a it's a subject in the scientific literature go google it it's amazing there are scientists who have dedicated their careers are writing grants publishing papers studying post-traumatic growth and what they find is that the growth comes in several different forms it can come in the feeling that there's new doors opening for you, that there's opportunities now that wouldn't have been there before. It can come from the deepening of relationships that, that through the trauma, you become close to others that you wouldn't have been close to before. Or, and here's the amazing bright line eating piece, sensitive to the suffering of others in a way that you wouldn't have been otherwise. And this is, you know, you know, yeah, I got a PhD, blah, blah, blah. But really my qualification for being here in front of you is that I know what it's like to binge on cookie dough with tears streaming down my face. 
Like, I know what it's like to haul my binge food out to the dumpster and have to pour vinegar on it. Because if I didn't, I would just climb back into the dumpster an hour later and fetch it and eat it. Like, I know what it's like to be a hope-to-die food addict. That's what qualifies me to stand here. And so one of the avenues of post-traumatic growth is a feeling of closeness with other people through the suffering. And, and that feeling of closeness becomes just a gift. Another sort of related thing is just a feeling of greater association with all of humankind. Because we all suffer and struggle and experience hurt and loss and hardship. Mm. Post-traumatic growth. So post-traumatic growth is a, is a small topic within this field that I love called positive psychology. Sometimes it's called the psychology of happiness, but, but the psychology of happiness is a small part of it. Positive psychology is massive. It's, it's the study, the scientific study of human flourishing and excellence and strength and character and well-being and, and, and the institutions and family environments and cultures and societies that help people to be as well and happy and flourishing and thriving as they possibly can be. That's the scientific study of positive psychology. And it's only like 20 years old. It's it's maybe the newest science. Well, it's right up there with like epigenetics and, you know, other sort of like super really cool new sciences. And um, I heard about positive psychology in, oh, I don't know, 2007 maybe. And I immediately dropped everything and got an Ivy League education in it. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, and which is the, the birthplace of positive psychology. And I studied positive psychology. I was a pro- psychology professor at the time. And I came back to my college and I taught a college course on positive psychology. Initially, it was one section for one semester. For, for one semester and it was a special topics in psychology class. Um, like it wasn't even its own course number or whatever. And um, it was wildly popular, wildly successful. And the next semester I taught it again. And then I started teaching two sections a semester and then three sections a semester. Then I put the curriculum proposal through to make it a permanent course um, at the college. And um, yeah, when I handed back tenure and left academia, left the, I, you know, left my professorship in 2016, um, you can Google it. There's a vlog or search for the vlog or whatever. I, I was crying in my office as I packed up the boxes. And um, a lot of what I was most sad about was the reality of not teaching that course anymore. And um, I knew, though, because Bright Line Eating already existed, that's why I left my professorship, that I would I would teach it to you. I would eventually find a way to, to bring the full knowledge, the full information base on positive psychology to you. And so um, I, I'm here to announce this week that I'm starting that. Um, I am starting that. I'm creating a webinar. I've, uh, it's called, uh, what is it called? The top seven life hacks from the new science of happiness. So I'm just, it's going to be like a greatest hits, like a best of, like if you want to really sort of just have your mind blown open about just cool things from the science of flourishing and happiness that you can use today, right now to uplevel your happiness and, you know, becoming uh, happier is actually a hard thing. It's not, um, 
It's not a trivial thing to become happier. People, research shows, tend to stay at a baseline level of happiness that's unique to them. Everybody's got their own baseline level of happiness. But getting getting above that consistently is hard. Um, but there are hacks for it, and science are, scientists are studying it. This is like, this is... This is the cutting edge, the new frontier of science is studying how people become happier and, and ways that flourishing exists even when you wouldn't expect it, like post-traumatic growth, that not everybody has post-traumatic stress disorder. In fact, some people are coming out of the rubble of trauma like that and learning how to flourish and grow through that trauma, like taking the shards of their broken hearts and learning to use them as fuel for their own growth, food for their own growth. It's just beautiful, powerful stuff. So uh, there should be a link down below. I want you to sign up for the webinar I'm giving. I'm giving it twice this week live. I'm gonna be on for extended Q&A. I promise it's gonna be so fun. It's just gonna be a great time. Top seven life hacks from the new science of happiness. So go ahead and sign up for that webinar with me. I can't wait to be with you. Be sure to claim your spot and be sure to get there early though because last time I gave a big webinar like this, a, you know, a couple thousand people signed up and or more than that and um, there's a limit to how many people can type into the chat box um, in, the, in the chat thread for Q&A. So you gotta be there early to get your spot. So just wanna say, I think you'll be able to be on the webinar, but you might not be able to um, actually type in if you're not one of the first ones there. So be sure to get your spot early. And um, yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to start sharing this new science with you because um, I think it's really, it speaks to what we're all about here in Bright Line Eating, right? That um, out of our food struggles, our weight struggles, our struggles in general come the best parts of our lives. Like those of us who've really um, decided to dive in to positive, to bright line eating, have found the principles of positive psychology right there. That like, that as we dive into our healing, as we dive into our pain, as we dive into uncovering the root cause of, you know, the obesity and the overweight and the struggle and the food and all that, we suddenly find tools that turn our life better than it would have been had we never had that problem in the first place. Like it's a problem whose solution leaves you better off than you were before you had the problem in the first place. Does that make sense? Like there's so much beauty in the growth. So I can't wait to be with you on that webinar. Thank you for sharing this vlog time with me. I love you. And I promise this is the beginning of me opening up an entire new chapter in the Brightline Eating saga <laughs> um, and sharing just some amazing cool stuff with you. I cannot wait. So that's the vlog this week. Go ahead and register for that webinar. I love you and uh, I'll see you live on the webinar and I'll see you next week.